the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath is taking the day off, so I'll be happy to be with you for these next couple of hours. we got a good show for you. we got a, a lot of different subjects we're going to tackle, some of them very deep, some of them obviously uh, extremely ridiculous, but such is the circle of life that we find ourselves in here in the 21st century. I've been thinking a lot, thinking a lot about uh, the opioid epidemic. You know, in our news cycle today, we often tend to exaggerate things, but I don't think that you can exaggerate the intensity, the severity, the heartbreak of the opioid crisis, the opioid epidemic that is sweeping across the country. Uh, communities are grappling with record numbers of drug overdoses. The fight against the opioid epidemic is literally a matter of life and death. And my guess is somewhere in your circle of family and friends, you know someone who is addicted to opioids. It's a fight that will win or lose based on what we do at Ground Zero. And uh, across the towns and neighborhoods of western Pennsylvania, essentially, this is our Ground Zero. As you know, the numbers are staggering, right? Um, 64,000 Americans died from drug overdoses in 2016 alone. 64,000 people of drug overdoses. 64, four, I'm sorry, 46,000 of those people were caused by opioid deaths. That includes more than 4,600 Pennsylvanians, 3,900 from opioids. 13 Pennsylvanians per day. In 2016, four Americans under the age of 50, drug overdose is now the leading cause of death. Four Americans under the age of 50, it's the leading cause of death. It outpaces cancer. Millions of Americans struggle daily with the opioid disorder. Millions. I say this because I read obituaries um, in many ways to be enlightened and encouraged. And oftentimes when I read obituaries, I I generally go to the New York Times to read obituaries. And of course, I look here. My my dad used to read obituaries as a matter of connection with old friends, which I used to think was kind of odd and morbid. But, But now I'm of my father's age and I get that. I understand that. He used to comb them very carefully. But I tend to look at obituaries in a way that I wish I knew those people when they were alive. And especially, you know, the the Times themselves is very selective about who they place in obituaries. But oftentimes, you know, they're great thinkers and artists and people of prominence. And you think, wow, that's a fabulous life. That's an amazing life well lived. Well, I was looking today online and I saw a small newspaper in Vermont and in it is a heartbreaking obituary that is so beautiful and so searing in its honesty, it, it made me pause. Uh, 
And I, I want to read you this obituary. And it deals with the opioid epidemic. And at the top of the obituary, there's a young woman smiling brightly with a little baby on her, on her back and a little baby backpack. <laughs> and the two of them together are just absolutely beautiful. I mean, a mother and daughter united. And the obituary starts, it says this. Our beloved Madeline Ellen Linsmere died on Sunday, October 7th. While her death was unexpected, Madeline suffered from drug addiction. And for years, we feared her addiction would claim her life. We are grateful that when she died, she was safe and she was with her family. Maddie was born on March 31st, 1988 in Burlington, Vermont, where she grew up and lived off and on throughout her adult life. She also spent time in Sarasota, Florida, Keene, New Hampshire, and Boulder, Colorado. Madeline was a born performer and had a singing voice so beautiful it would stop people on the street. And whether she was on stage in a musical or around the kitchen table with her family, when she shared her voice, she shared her light. She was a member of Folk Kids of Vermont, a dance and musical troupe that toured the world. Maddie visited Russia and Thailand with a group, and as part of their exchange program, hosted kids from other countries at home in Vermont. She loved to ski and snowboard, and she swam on the YMCA swim team, winning medals at the New England Regionals. When she was 16, she moved with her parents from Vermont to Florida to attend a performing arts high school. Soon after, she tried Oxycontin for the first time at a high school party and so began a relationship with opiates that would dominate the rest of her life. It is impossible to capture a person in an obituary, and especially someone whose adult life was largely defined by drug addiction. To some, Maddie was just a junkie. When they saw her addiction, they stopped seeing her. And what a loss for them. Because Maddie was hilarious and warm and fearless and resilient. She could and would talk to anyone. And when you were in her company, you wanted to stay. In a system that seems to have hardened itself against addicts and is failing them every day, she befriended and delighted cops, social workers, public defenders, and doctors who advocated for and believed in her until the end. She was adored as a daughter sister, niece, cousin, friend, and mother. And being loved by Madeline was a consistently astonishing gift. Maddie loved her family and the world, but more than anyone else, she loved her son, Aiden, who was born in 2014. She transformed her life to mother him. Every afternoon, in all kinds of weather, she would put him in a backpack and take him for a walk. She sang rather than spoke to him, fulfilling his life with song. Like his mom, Aiden loves to swim. Together they would spend hours in the lake or pool, and so she loved to snuggle him up, surrounding him with her love. After having Aiden, Maddie tried harder and more relentlessly to stay sober than we have ever seen anyone try at anything. But she relapsed and ultimately lost custody of her son, a loss that was unbearable. During the past two years especially, her disease brought her to places of incredible darkness, and this darkness compounded on itself as each, as each unspeakable thing that happened to her and each horrible thing that she did in the name of her disease exponentially increased her pain and shame. For 12 days this summer, she was home. And for most of that time, she was sober. For those 12 wonderful days full of swimming and movies and family dinners, we believed, as we always did, that she would overcome her disease and make the life for herself that we knew she could live and deserved. We believed this until the moment she took her last breath. But 
her addiction stalked her and stole her once again. Though he would have paid any ransom to have her back, any price in the world, this disease would not let her go until she was gone. Maddie is survived by her son, Aiden, her parents, Maureen and Mark, her sister, Kate, and it goes on. Please join us for memorial service honoring Maddie's life. If you are struggling from addiction, know that every breath is a fresh start. Know that hundreds of thousands of families who have lost someone to this disease are praying and rooting for you. Know that we believe with all of our hearts that you can and will make it. It is never too late. If you are reading this with judgment, educate yourself about this disease because that is what it is. It is not a choice or a weakness. And chances are very good that someone you know is struggling with it, and that person needs and deserves your empathy and support. If you work in one of the many institutions through which addicts often pass, rehabs, hospitals, jails, courts, and treat them with the compassion and respect they deserve, we thank you. If instead you see a junkie or a thief or a liar in front of you, rather than a human being in need of help, consider a new profession. We take comfort in knowing that Maddie is surrounded by light, free from the struggle that haunted her. We would have given anything for her to experience that freedom in this lifetime. Our grief over losing her is infinite. And now, so is she. And so it is. One family cries out in deep and searing honesty about the daughter, about the mother, the sister, all those people that lost this young woman, Madeline Ellen Leinsmeyer. Is it a disease? Is it a disease? I guess that's a question for those who are the professionals. Many people will say yes. Other people say drug addiction is just a bad habit, a choice. Whatever your take on it is, it's killing people, isn't it? What do we do? Well, I guess what we do, we always do. We work, we volunteer, but essentially we pray. We pray for the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, God the Father, to enter into addicts' lives, to be with them in their darkest impulses, in their lying, in their theft, in their deception, in their anger against themselves, the hatred against themselves. And we pray for peace for all those families who suffer along on those daily paths, who see the husband, the wife, the sister, the brother, those addicts who are caught up in this cycle of unbearable destruction against themselves, that they themselves would find peace. Our community, Western Pennsylvania, the city of Pittsburgh, the state of Pennsylvania, this country is on fire with addiction. And would it be that those people would find Jesus and in the strength of Christ in our own lives, they would find the peace to become free, to break the bonds of addiction. I know it well in my own life and in my family's life. And I know that you yourself know it in the circles of your own life. So please pray for those addicts today. we got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about prayer next. Contemplative prayer. What is it? What is contemplative prayer? How does that work in the life of a believer? 
Stick around. we got a lot more ahead. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. I'm Kathy less today and much the worse because of it. But I hope that you stay with me. Be back in just a few minutes. WORD. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. Here at Word FM, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family, and we would love for you to tell us about it. Visit WordFM.com using the keyword story. Record a video message and share your story with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. Visit WordFM.com and use the keyword story for details and to share your video. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Attention homeowners. Do you need cash to consolidate high interest credit card payments or pay college tuition? Looking to finance home improvements without paying out of pocket? You've worked hard building up the equity in your home and Total Mortgage can help you access it at some of the lowest available interest rates. If you are current on your mortgage payments but struggling with other debts, you need to call Total Mortgage right now at 1-800-400-7215. You can have the money you need in as little as seven business days. Best of all, will consider every request, regardless of your credit score. Again, homeowners can now get cash for any reason, like paying off high-interest credit card debt, college tuition, or even home improvements. This quick cash for homeowners program may only be available for a limited time. To find out for free how much cash you qualify for, call today, 1-800-400-7215. That's 1-800-400-7215. 1-800-400-7215. Total Mortgage Services, LLC is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 2764. Not available in all states. Additional restrictions may apply. Offer subject to eligibility. Not all who call will qualify. Call for terms and conditions. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Prayer is scary, isn't it? Does prayer scare you? I think for a lot of people, the idea of communicating praising, worshiping the the creator of the universe is just something that's beyond them. I think that probably is the big impediment for a lot of people. It's too much to bear. I don't understand it. I don't do well. I'm not a good prayer, so I'll just skip it. I mean, I can certainly say that our Father, highly recommended. Uh, other wrote prayers, yes, indeed, the Jesus prayer, sure. But 
What about deeper prayer? contemplative prayer. I think when you say that to a lot of people, especially to evangelical Christians, they get totally freaked out. I mean, it's like something like a a cult. What is contemplative prayer? Ed Szeski is with us. Ed is the author of Flee, Be Silent, Pray, a Christian survival guide and other books. He writes uh, daily at an excellent blog, edszeski.com. He's with us right now. Hey, Ed, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, Ed. So, Ed, I, I would call you, obviously, a student of contemplative prayer. Um, tell me first about your own life and about your own journey and how you uh, how you arrived at working and studying contemplative prayer. Yeah, it's, it's a very unlikely journey, I would say, at least <laughs> from my perspective. Yeah, good. I was, I was raised Catholic and had a very negative experience in the Catholic Church. Uh, because my dad was Baptist, my mom was Catholic, and they were divorced. And uh, I, I thought that the Baptist church with the hymns and the sermon, I thought it was, it was like wild, it was great. And uh, I started reading the Bible, and all the priests said, uh, you can't read the Bible, it's dangerous. And I can, I can see now, it was a, a fundamentalist church that was doing a lot of kind of extreme <laughs> things that made them uneasy. But they didn't encourage me to read the Bible, and so there was this, uh, it created this conflict in my family, and I had a lot of bitterness toward Catholicism in general. And so I went to seminary, I uh, was very involved in the Church, and kind of had a, a falling out of my faith in seminary, where I felt like I had kind of studied myself to the hilt, and then uh, a fellow pastor introduced me to some of the, some contemplative prayer practices. Really? No, wait, so, so that's interesting. So the more you studied, then you became sort of turned inward against yourself and you suffered a crisis of faith. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, the Bible became something to defend and mm-hmm. argue about. And instead of, you know, using the Scripture as the words of life that point us to Christ, which is how Jesus presents Scripture, it's it's these words testify concerning me, uh, I, I made the Bible into a kind of like a, like a fortress, you could I say. See. That's interesting. So it became and, a tool in some way. Yeah, and so, and so there was, you know, with, with contemplative prayer and some other related prayer practices, I began to see how the Bible could uh, point you toward God and become a, a tool of, of life. And, and when you start to look at the words of Scripture, you know, the Psalms, the Prophets, um, it's be, be still, be silent before the Lord. You know, Jesus goes off into the wilderness to pray. He goes yeah. off the mountain. Um, it's all over. It's all over Scripture, but um, I had missed that for, for years. And so I, I kind of had to humble myself and start learning from these uh, a lot of these Catholic teachers who were going back into the, the roots of the Church, the history of the Church, the earliest days of the Church, and pulling these prayer practices back to today. Oh, it's fabulous. Okay, so when I think, and I think probably you're on the same uh, wavelength here, is that when when I think of contemplative prayer, from my limited early knowledge of that, I would think of a man, uh, a priest by the name of Thomas Merton, a Catholic priest, yes? Right, yeah, yeah. So talk to us about Thomas Merton, uh, because I think for many people, and if you went to, like, to Amazon and you wanted to look for a book on contemplative prayer and you typed in contemplative prayer, you would probably essentially, Thomas Merton's name would be probably towards the top of the list. Absolutely. And he had a, he had a very interesting approach on contemplative prayer because he really taught his novice monks um, at his monastery uh, to be silent. He just kind of taught them to, they needed to quiet themselves before God. 
and so he had a very simple approach, but he wrote very deeply about contemplative prayer. His book, The Inner Experience, is probably the most practical, um, and then the, the new seeds of contemplation are also also very helpful. And I, I think that what I found most life-giving about him is that he removes us from having expectations and about having control, and I think that's a big thing for maybe myself as an evangelical, especially in America, where we're kind of we're kind of results driven. We're like, you know, what's what's the measure? What's the the growth? What's the progress I can track? Yeah. And Merton helps us get out of that and, and says, no, no, this is about surrender to the Spirit of God. That's really And good. again, it's all it's all very biblical. It's all about um, opening ourselves up to the indwelling Spirit of God, and it's and it's uh, partaking in the life of God already in us. And, and Jesus promises a uh, well of life bubbling up. Right. So. Uh, he, he, I think he really speaks to that, that aspect of, of just kind of American Christianity in general. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So let, let, I mean, let me read a little piece. Knowing that you were going to come on, we were going to talk about contemplative prayer and Thomas Merton. I went and looked at, uh, some, some of his readings, his teachings. And, and, and Thomas Merton writes this, which I think is, you know, oftentimes prayer is a paradox. And I think he defines this really well. Thomas Merton writes this. It is a risky thing to pray. And the, the danger is that our very prayers get between God and us. The great thing in prayer is not to pray, but to go directly to God. If saying your prayers is an obstacle to prayer, cut it out. Let Jesus pray. Thank God Jesus is praying. Forget yourself. Enter into the prayer of Jesus. Let him pray in you. The best way to pray is stop. Let prayer pray within you. Whether you know it or not, this means a deep awareness of your true inner identity. There are no levels. Any moment you can break through into the underlying unity, which is God's gift in Christ. In this end, praise praises. Thanksgiving gives thanks. Jesus prays openness in all. Now, Ed, there's a lot there to unpack, right? I mean, but he's essentially saying, get out of your way, don't judge yourself, and allow Jesus to be within you, and grab onto that first and foremost. Right. That's that's beautiful. I love it. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of times we have the language for this type of prayer, we just haven't um, figured out when to apply it. And so this is this is living by faith, right? It's, yeah. it's praying in faith, and it's it's surrender. Uh, to the Spirit of God. And so I think that, you know, what makes Merton so powerful is that he he can get to the heart of the matter so succinctly and with such such economy of words. And that that really is the, the heart of prayer, is to uh, make ourselves available to God. And I think people maybe get hung up on some of the methods of contemplative prayer that, you know, they hear about centering prayer, and it's a mantra, it's a chant, and it's like, no, it's... it's um, you know, finding a way to yield yourself to God completely, to get yourself out of the way, to get yourself out of your own thoughts that can obscure your ability to be present for God. Yeah. Okay, so obviously you're a student of contemplative prayer. You've written a book about it, um, Flee, Be Silent, and Pray. So when you pray, Ed, what does that look like? Can you just paint a picture of, you say, okay, I'm going to, I mean, do you pray in your car? Do you go to a prayer closet? Um, certainly contemplative prayer requires a different level of thought and concentration, or does it? Right. So 
what what I and one of the things that I tried to do in Freebie Silent Pray is to give people kind of a progression because I think a lot of times people will read a book and it'll say to you know, to do contemplative prayer you need to spend twenty minutes sitting violently in a room by yourself. And they kind of beat themselves up because they say, Oh, it didn't work. I, I tried it and I had all these distracting thoughts. So, you know, the place that I begin is I I pray the the hours. Um, there's a, a there's a website for the divine hours called Explore Faith that um, you can pray the psalm, and so it's just scripture readings basically uh, three times a day, and it's just a it's just a good way just to kind of get some scripture in your head and in your life, and that that kind of helps cut down on some of the noise, and then you know learn. Um, awareness of your thoughts but you know and it could just be as simple as what's what's an encouraging thing today and what's a discouraging thing and it's just being aware of, of your thinking and when you have kind of an awareness of your baseline like what's what is how am i when i'm stressed out or how, how am i when i'm aware of god or when i'm when i'm uh, living in fear and anxiety um, those are really helpful things to recognize before you enter into prayer and so i do set aside dedicated time to pray in silence. I do, you know, make petitions, I do make requests to God, and you know, I'm teaching my kids, you know, the Our Father, I'm teaching them to sit in silence and just to remember that God loves them. Uh, I'm teaching them to just be aware of what they're thankful for, what they're upset about. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them to make, make their requests known to God, because that's, I mean, petitions are an important part of prayer. The problem is that for a lot of us, that's kind of been the only form of prayer that we've we've learned is just making requests. And so I have learned what it is to you know, to recognize when I need to sit in silence before God. So, you know, yeah, like when I'm, you know, driving the car or doing the dishes, maybe I don't put a podcast on because I need to sit in silence and I can, you know, do the the Jesus prayer, which is just Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, which was a prayer that, you know, dates back to the earliest church fathers, the desert fathers, desert mothers. And it's just the, the prayer of the, the, the tax collector. It's just, you know, the man who was righteous before God because he acknowledged his sinfulness. So um, something as sim- simple as that, just when I realize I'm doing the dishes and I'm, I'm a little bit out of sorts, that's something I can turn to. It's just a simple practice. And, you know, the results aren't up to me. The results in contemplative prayer, it's, just, it's up to God to produce the fruit in my heart. It's just for me to be available. That's really good. I mean, you know... <sighs> Everything so I, I, me I, I, in, in my work and in my life. I mean, I tend to get anxious a lot. I mean, I was at the beach last week with my wife on vacation, and I was sitting there. and I'm thinking, I'm all anxious. What the heck am I? I'm ser- like totally relaxed. I'm supposed to be easy going, and in my mind, I'm spinning. But I, I did. Right. Re- you know, I remember the Jesus prayer just as a first portal to sort of calm things down, and it does help, right? I mean, just that. Some people would, some people have a negative effect of the Jesus prayer where they think you know it's you're, you're chanting or something like that, but it's not chanting at all. It's a centering prayer, and essentially it's a first step, a gateway into a deeper contemplation, a deeper conversation with God. Absolutely, and I think that you know that's really wise. You turn to that because I think if you had tried to maybe just sit in silence, I think that those thoughts, whatever those anxious thoughts were, they would say, "All right, we're going to really lay into them now," yeah. but. Um, you know, the wisdom of this way of praying that's, you know, has uh, incredibly deep roots throughout the history of the Church, and, I mean, it still continues in um, Eastern monasteries un- uninterrupted. Um, the Jesus Prayer is their, it's their, they call it rest, they call it, you know, it's peace and rest, it's quiet. 
And so that that's a way to enter into rest um, by by using this prayer as a kind of like you said, like a portal into uh, a deeper presence of God. That's good. Hey, well, thanks an awful lot. I mean, uh, obviously, there's a lot more to be said and talked about and written about uh, contemplative prayer, but I appreciate, you know, your time here with us just as a primer for people who may be wary or uh, fearful of what it is to to enter into a deeper conversation with God. So thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Ed Siswicki, he is the author of Flee, Be Silent, and Pray, a Christian Survival Guide, and many other books as well. You can find Ed on the web. He's got a terrific blog, edsiswiki.com. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. Stick around. This is just uh, hour one of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old-time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Ready for some good news? Life insurance is more affordable than you think. Ready for some even better news? Your coverage can start today. An e-financial agent is ready to help you select the right policy from the most trusted life insurance companies. And it's all done over the phone. One call and you're on the way to the protection your family needs. Call 1-866-244-5580 to get covered today. Or get a quote at efinancial.com. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. 
partly cloudy and chilly tonight, going down to a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a chilly wind, high 52. Partly cloudy, brisk and cold tomorrow night, with some areas of frost likely low 33. Thursday, some frost possible early. Otherwise, we'll be staying chilly despite seeing plenty of sunshine, high 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Well, Mr. Rogers continues to uh, get more than his 15 minutes, which is fabulous. You know, Tom Hanks is in town filming the Mr. Rogers movie, which is great for the city. And uh, it's always cool to sort of follow along with a, um, you know, Hollywood star as they integrate themselves into the city and see, you know, what they think. Uh, We've gotten, uh, you know, positive and negative response from those uh, Hollywood elites over the years. But check this out. Tom Hanks, this is an article in today's PG from Ashley Murray, and it says this. Tom Hanks continues to integrate himself to Pittsburghers Monday evening when he tweeted a photo of a local church sign with the caption, quote, the spirit of Pittsburgh, great town, Hanks. The actor who is in town shooting a film in which he portrays Fred Rogers, apparently, was touched by the sign in front of the St. Mary of the Mount rectory that reads, quote, love thy neighbor. No exceptions. St. Mary of the Mount Catholic Church faces the city skyline. You know that church up there. It's on Grandview Avenue in Mount Washington. He says, uh, quote, I was pretty surprised but really excited that the sign's doing what it's meant to do. It moved someone, said Holly Moore, the church's director of religious education. Mr. Hank's tweet um, has gotten 4,834 likes and retweets. I'm sorry, retweets, nearly 40,000 likes by Tuesday at lunchtime. Several Pittsburghers, including the mayor and uh, the parody account, Pittsburgh Dad, retweeted the message. The three-by-eight-foot vinyl sign featured Mr. Hanks, featured in Mr. Hanks' tweet, is meant to be, quote, a gentle examination of conscience, Ms. Moore said. Ms. Moore said that she had not seen Mr. Hanks' tweet firsthand, but only learned about the church signs circulating on social media after several friends excitedly texted her. She says, we were disappointed that none of us noticed him outside the building. I mean, we were all in there, she said. As for the reaction to the tweet, Ms. Moore was surprised by some of the comments. She says, it's such a simple message, yet some comments said, no, I'm not going to do that. She even laughed at Pittsburgh's dad's quoted tweet that read, do I have to? And that's really an honest reaction, she said. The sign is meant to help people examine themselves and how they treat others. Hey, good for the church, good for Tom Hanks, and good for the message, right? Love thy neighbor. No exceptions. Take a break. Come back. we got uh, more ahead. We're going to talk to um, to a woman. She's a very interesting blogger. Uh, she's got a, a conversation about how to raise healthy kids in porn culture. That's good. Let's hear that next. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. This week on Through the Bible Radio, Dr. McGee's study is moving out of the Psalms and on into the Epistle of the Ephesians. Now, this book has a pretty hefty reputation of providing a deep and profound insight into the Christian church. 
But as always, Dr. McGee's easy style and personal applications will bring this great church epistle right to your level, where you can bask in its beautiful truths. We hope that you'll tune in. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider nearby Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service and for their life's work. Geneva College believes that God's Word in its entirety is the starting point of all wisdom and knowledge, and their faculty are Christian scholars who are masters in their fields. Geneva has over 80 majors and programs in fields like accounting, nursing, cybersecurity, criminal justice, aviation, engineering, Christian ministry, and more, offering 18 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. U.S. News & World Report consistently ranks Geneva a top three best value university in the Northeast. But don't take anyone's word about the quality of a Geneva education. Find out for yourself at a visit day where you can take a tour, sit in on a class, and meet faculty. You can register now for any of Geneva's visit days, including their open house November 17th, or even schedule a personal visit. Register at geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. More Americans have access to health care, yet are paying more than ever in out-of-pocket and prescription costs. Take control of your health at the 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, Friday, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. A presentation of the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, the fair is free and open to the public. From 2 to 7, browse local vendors, hear insights from leading experts, and get your flu shot. Provided by St. Barnabas Health. The 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. That's a little jazzy there, isn't it? Thanks, Mike. Hey, uh, do you remember the first time you entered into the internet? I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago, right? I mean, but it feels like it's been with us forever, but it hasn't been. I mean, it's, holy smokes, what? It's been less than 20 years. I remember. I mean, I fell into a hole, and I think a lot of guys did as well. You go, what the heck? What is this all about? 
So where are we now, 20 years after the fact the Internet's been so ubiquitous in our lives about pornography and how it intersects as a guy and especially as a, a husband and a dad talking to our kids about how to be healthy and safe and cool about all the craziness that's out there. Uh, you know, uh, Sheila Ray Gwagmire is with us. Sheila Ray has got this terrific website, uh, To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. And, <laughs> and it's it's chock full of great information. Highly recommended. And uh, Sheila Ray, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great. And thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Truly it is. I do. I love your website. Uh, there's a lot going on there. And um, I, I want to talk to you today uh, about pornography and how to raise healthy kids, because you've made this a center point of your life as well, yeah? Well, you know, I started writing about marriage and sex about a decade ago, and then something weird started to happen, oh. which is I started getting all these emails yeah. from women in their 20s. And they would say to me, you know, I got married, he's a youth pastor, we were both virgins, like we did everything the right way, and yet he never is interested in me like that. Oh. And what do I do? And, and I'm like, wow, that's weird. I've never experienced that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not really what we think about. We usually assume, you know, the guy wants it all the time, right? Yeah. So I started doing all this research, and yeah, that's what porn does. When you grow up on a diet of porn, you rewire your brain so that what is attractive is an image or a fantasy, and then you can't get attracted to an actual person. And it's so scary. That's so, that's so backwards, isn't it? So it's so sick and so twisted. Exactly. And, you know, that's totally not what God ever intended. You know, sex is supposed to be something which is really intimate in a spiritual way, not just a physical way. And our, and, and it's like Satan took it and twisted it the best way he could and yeah. made it something completely degrading and impersonal. Okay, so Sheila, so that's really interesting. So there you are. There are two good kids who grow up in the church. They've waited until marriage. Then they become married. They start to have sex. And then all of a sudden... Because of your your website, uh, people are writing to you, young women are writing to you going, my husband doesn't want me anymore because now he's looking at porn and porn is something that's really weird and he's getting filled up there and doesn't need me. Yeah, and often, you know, this doesn't start usually once they get married. It starts in those teen years. And a lot of guys think, if you know, once I get married, this isn't going to be a problem for me anymore. This is what's going to save me. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I really feel for these guys. Because you can be totally a Christian and still be battling this. And, you know, those guys, they're filled with shame. They're filled with, you know, they want to do better. And they think, if I just get more disciplined, if I just try harder, and they keep falling. And what they don't realize is that it's not as simple as just getting married, because you have actually changed the pathways in your brain. And you've changed your sexuality, and we have to find a way to get it back. Yeah. Okay, so... um about six months or so ago, a guy at our church stood up uh, on Sunday morning, and uh, this is a guy I love, and he said, I, I just want everybody to know that um, I'm a porn addict. I mean, you know, mm. you could have just mm -hmm. crushed the church. He said, I'm a porn addict, and one of the ways I want to stay sober and away from porn is that I want to meet with other guys who are also like-minded. So um, if you're willing, maybe meet me you know, back in the back of the sanctuary after church, and we can get together, and we can sort of figure out a time when it might be good for us to all get together and share our truth and our heartbreak. 
And there was probably a rush to the back of the church after that service, wasn't there? Well, I, I, I know this, that at the end of the service, a lot of guys were looking out of the side of their eyes going, okay, who's going back there? Am I cool? Yeah. Can I go back there as well? But I also know yeah. that a lot of wives were sort of nudging their husband and going, dude, get back there right now. And isn't that what the body of Christ is supposed to be? Yes. You know, because if the body of Christ isn't helping us, then, then what are we doing? We need to be able to confess. To each other that we're having difficulties. And, you know, I think when it comes to um, recovering from porn, there's kind of a three-step process. And I think the first is getting some sort of filters on your computer. Um, Covenant Eyes is a good one. There's other ones, but, you know, that can stop you from going on certain sites. That does not cure a porn addiction. No, because there's there's a way around that. yeah, but it's like, it's like an alcoholic getting rid of the alcohol in the house. Right. Okay, like, obviously you need to do that. But then after that, that's when you can start really addressing it. And that comes from accountability, but it also comes from, you know, growing deeper with God and figuring out what are the deep needs that I have. You know, what am I feeling when I'm tempted to turn to porn? Because often it's, it's that we've taught ourselves that when I'm stressed, when I feel out of control, when I feel anxious porn helps me. And so instead of dealing with those uncomfortable feelings, we've turned it into porn. Yeah. I mean, here's the weird thing. I mean, I'm old enough that, you know, I did not grow up on porn. And I remember like, you know, guys in the neighborhood who would go and steal their dad's Playboy. Like you had to go, <laughs> yeah. you had to go work to get it. But now, I mean, it's on your phone. So it's such an easy access. It's just, you know, it's one click away, literally. It is. And I think the, the, the thing that we don't understand either is that it's not just boys anymore. It used to be just boys, but now the fastest growing um, group of porn users is actually teenage girls. Wow. And so this is, you know, parents, if you have daughters, don't think that you're spared from all of this (laughs) because we need to start talking to our kids about it because this is a temptation that almost every kid will face. So in many ways, and this is not an overstatement, it's the pornification of America or the pornification of the world. You know what? I'm always offended when I hear people kind of go, and they use it sort of as a throwaway. People are going to go, oh, that's food porn or that's, you know, shoe shoe porn, (laughs) as though it's something to be taken lightly and to be laughed at. The fact of the matter is it's deeply painful. It is. And it's so devastating to a spouse. When, you're, when, when your husband or your wife is involved with pornography or erotica or something, because it is a betrayal of intimacy. You know, I wrote um, a book called The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex several years ago, and, you know, all about everything you need to know about sex. And I talked a lot about how to recover from porn use, because this is almost a universal thing that people are going through today. And so we need to open our eyes to it. I think I'm... I'm in my 40s. And so like you, I didn't grow up with the internet, but my kids did. And they live in a very different world. And so for those of us who are, you know, that little bit older now, we need to understand that it's not that our kids are facing the same temptations we did. They're actually facing different ones and their lives are qualitatively different than ours were. And we need to adjust accordingly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then you're a mom of kids. So how are you talking to your kids about this? Um, well, when my girls were younger, I was just really open with them, and we just had conversations. We make a big mistake when we when we think that we need to have the talk with our kids. It's not about having the talk. It's about having constant conversation. <laughs> and it's a really awkward thing to talk about. I understand that. Um, we've just released a course called The Whole Story about sex, puberty, and growing up, where it's a video series that you can take with your kids to help them understand 
understand this stuff and, and to help start some of those conversations. But it's okay if it's awkward. This is what I want parents to get. It doesn't need to not be awkward. You just need to do it anyway. <laughs> because yeah. Your kids don't mind if you're awkward. What they mind is if you don't say anything at all. Yeah, that's good. So stay involved, keep a heads up, and keep talking to your kids always, no matter how weird it is. Yeah, and one other really important thing is don't present pornography like it is an absolute thing that all people will fall prey to. Mm-hmm. I think all of us tend to be curious, but even when they do studies, okay, yeah, sure, 67% of Christian men struggle with it or something like that, you know, and you'll get different numbers depending on what study you look at, and, you know, they say over half of pastors, and all of this is really bad, but it also does mean that 33% of men don't struggle with it, (laughs) you know, or that 50% of pastors don't struggle with it, and so I think... I think the mistake that we sometimes make is we present it as everybody sins in this way and you need to fight it. That's not Christian. You know, if you look at the Bible, the Bible does not treat sin like it can't be beat. And yeah. sometimes I think we talk about lust and porn like it's the one sin that can't be beaten. Like it's inevitable. And that's not true. That's yeah, true. exactly. Like, I think it's fine to say, you know what, a lot of people really struggle with this. You know, most people are curious about this. But I'll tell you something, not everybody gets sucked in. So let me tell you and let me teach you how you can be one of the ones who isn't sucked in. That's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Sheila Ray yeah. is with us. To Love, Honor, and Vacuum is her website. Hey, Sheila, before you leave us, give yourself a plug. Let people know where they can find you. Yeah, to loveonerandvacuum.com. I've got all my books there, Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex. My whole story puberty course is there. Just look under courses at the top. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun for you and your kids, and it will make those conversations a lot less awkward. Outstanding. Hey, you're terrific. Thanks an awful <laughs> lot. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Sheila Way, Greg Meyer, to Love, Honor, and Vacuum. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over this stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542, and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, 
Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing Appellus Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. An official message from Medicare. Open enrollment ends soon. So now's the time to be open-minded. Look at everything, like prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans from private insurers. Why? Because plans change. So can your health needs. I found lower costs and extra benefits and saved money. Open to something better? Visit Medicare.gov or call 1-800-MEDICARE today. Open enrollment ends December 7th. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Five years ago, a National Barna Omni poll discovered that 77% of evangelicals believe we're now living in the end times as described by the Bible. But how can we really know? Don't miss the most comprehensive, in-depth, prophetic end time seminar anywhere. You'll be amazed at how much information God's Word provides. This all-day end time seminar is Saturday, November 10th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. To learn more, go to endtimeseminar.com. Endtimeseminar.com. Hey, I'm really sorry to hear that uh, Eugene Peterson has entered into hospice care. Now, um, you might know Eugene Peterson. He is perhaps best known for the book The Message, which is a version of the Bible, a unique version of the Bible that's written in contemporary language. Eugene Peterson has also authored dozens of other popular books on faith and theology, and until his retirement in 2006, was one of the most recognized Bible scholars in America. He also founded Maryland's Christ Our King Presbyterian Church, where he served as that pastor for more than 30 years. Uh, Eugene Peterson's son says that uh, he has entered into hospice care, and uh, on Facebook he said that his 85-year-old father, quote, took a sudden and dramatic turn in his health caused by an infection. The two main medical issues he's facing, heart failure and dementia, are advancing and progressing. He said... He will come under the care of hospice, and his medical care will be primarily palliative. As of, as of now, it looks like it will be one to three more days before he returns home, depending upon when all the support systems are in place. I told him that there are three main things for him to know. One, you are deeply loved. Two, it appears that you are in the last months of your life. And when I asked him how he felt about that, after some thought, he said, I feel good about that. And three, we are going to try to help make these remaining months as comfortable and enjoyable for you as possible. So prayers for Eugene Peterson. I love Eugene Peterson. He's been, um, he's been one of the cornerstones of, of my faith, especially early, early on. Mike, you know, you and I were talking a little bit off air. The message, I think for a lot of people, the book is controversial. Yeah. Um, controversial why do you think some people think it's when i was going to christian college some students thought it was a bit heretical because um because just because of the translation of it it was very uh vague um i I, to for me personally i like i like the message yeah um i think it's a great bible especially for um the people that just gave their heart to the Lord. Right. Now, look, uh, my brother was not a, a Bible reader, yeah. and he balked at Bible reading, so I gave him the message uh, only as a means of introduction yeah. and as a bridge. Yes. It was very helpful. Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying, you know, it's like – and it's not. I don't even – would even call it Bible light. And, of course, it's not the whole Bible. Right. Uh, it's uh, New Testament and Psalms and I think some Proverbs as well. I think so, yeah. 
Um, not as my, my my primary Bible by any Mine stretch. Either. Yeah. But it, it is a good Bible to have. It is. I mean, it's just one of the tools that you use. That's all. Oh, yeah. So. Definitely. Sorry for people who get upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Having said that, we do love Eugene Peterson and certainly prayers for him as he enter the final stages of uh, life on uh, this side of heaven. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk uh, from Focus on the Family with Glenn Stanton during our 5 o'clock hour about why gender theory is ridiculous. Stick around for that. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Turkey state-run news agency says the Saudi consul to Istanbul has left for Saudi Arabia hours after Turkey said his official residence would be searched in connection with a Saudi rider's disappearance. John Alterman, senior VP with CSIS, says the relationship with Saudi Arabia could shift due to the possible death of Jamal Khashoggi. Turkish forensic team searched the Saudi consulate earlier today, two weeks after Khashoggi vanished. Turkish officials fear Saudi agents killed him in the consulate and disposed of his body. Big Senate race in Texas between Republican Senator Ted Cruz and Democrat challenger Beto O'Rourke. They'll debate tonight in San Antonio. The polls are in favor of Cruz, though most polls show still only a single-digit lead over his Democrat opponent. On Wall Street, the Dow ending up 548 to 25,798. For more details, srnnews.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at one 800 936 When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed. And I looked at the numbers and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how... How affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. 
That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. I have never had a female dentist. I started to have problems with a tooth, and I thought, you know what? I'll just go once. David remembers his first visit with Dr. Megan Stock. I had such a good time that I'm surprised they allowed me to come back because I had a lot of things that needed to be fixed. She makes you feel so calm and so comfortable. She's just terrific at what she does. I have had no discomfort at all with anything that she's done. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. Clear to partly cloudy and chilly tonight, going down to a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a chilly wind, high 52. Partly cloudy, brisk and cold tomorrow night with some areas of frost, likely low 33. Thursday, some frost possible early. Otherwise, we'll be staying chilly despite seeing plenty of sunshine. High 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Tuesday edition. Kathy is not here today. She's having... Uh, Refrigerator issues. That poor woman. I mean, okay, um, long story short, uh, she bought a refrigerator from Sears, I don't know, months and months and months ago. Turned out it was a lemon. And then she went on, Kathy went on this journey into customer service and trying to get the thing, you know, multiple repairs and yada, yada. Then, then this is unprecedented for the first time. In her frustration one day, she was, boy, she was, she was so hot. She called out Sears on the air, and she's never called out any corporation on the air. And then, magically so, beautifully so, blessings so, uh, a, a guy uh, who works for Sears, this guy Tom, his wife was listening. And she was like, oh, my goodness gracious, they're beating up on poor Sears. So she called her husband and said, John and Kathy are you know, beating up on Sears. And and so then Tom called Kath and said, Kath, we're so sorry. And like, oh, like in a, in a heartbeat, like he just snapped his fingers. He made everything right. And so thank you, Tom. He made everything right and got Sears to take notice. And all of a sudden, Kath was on board. And because this thing was deemed a lemon, and truly it was a lemon, she got herself a new refrigerator. Went out to the Sears store and chose a refrigerator. Super excited. Super excited. Today, the refrigerator arrived. It did not fit through her door. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. She can't win. She can't, she can't win. It did not fit through the poor woman's door. I mean, I guess they're making refrigerators. You know, homes are a little bigger right now. And, of course, Cass living in a little older home, like most of us are, in western PA. And for whatever reason... That new baby showed up, and it's too big and fat. So she had to go back out to Sears and choose another refrigerator. So thank you, Sears, and thank you, Tom and Tom's wife, for making this right. 
and bad news about Sears, poor Sears, uh, they filed Monday yesterday for bankruptcy. So that's why she's not here. <laughs> that's a long story short. Hey, um, we were in Oakland the other day. Uh, we, we, have you been out in the city of Pittsburgh and, and uh, drive, driven around and seen all the bike lanes? Holy smokes. They're ridiculous. They are a bit ridiculous. Now, you know what? When I was a kid, it, it, I mean, all my life I've ridden a bicycle. All my life since I was a little boy. And I was an adventuresome bicyclist. So I would drive all over the city. Heck, when I lived in New York City, my first job in New York City was as a bicycle messenger, which, believe me, is deeply dangerous work. Do you think there's any bicycle lanes in Manhattan? At least there weren't in the 80s when I was there. Uh, Now, everywhere you look, there's a bicycle lane. Now, I, I guess there's two sides, obviously, many sides to this issue. When you see, and in my neighborhood, some poor man was killed um, by a car while he was riding his bicycle. And there's been X number of bicycle fatalities over the many years in the, in the city of Pittsburgh. It has not, it for, historically, it was not a, a bicycle-friendly town. It was not. It's a difficult town to bicycle in, first of all, because of all the hills. Second of all, because people, you know, were not accustomed to bicyclists like they were in many warmer climates. Many motors were certainly not friendly to bicyclists. And so just, you know, blew past them. It's dangerous to ride a bike, period. But now the Peduto administration has gone way, I mean, like way, way, way to the opposite extreme. Where you driving through Oakland or other parts of the city, East Liberty, you know, mostly out in the East End, which is where I am, and you look at these bike lanes, it's kind of like it looks like a, a roadway, you know, somewhere in a foreign country. I'm trying to figure out where exactly does my car? How is it supposed to move around these barriers? And they've taken whole streets and sort of chopped them up for a tiny percentage of people, which is where we are today in American society. Right? It feels as though tiny percentages of people have to sort of, you know, <clears throat> make sure that everybody else works to their wants and needs. So I'm of two minds of this, of the bicycle thing. I mean, I believe that there should be some, certainly, safety effects for people who get run over. But I mean, you know, that's horrible. I mean, just horrific. But at the same time, it's a little over the top. Anyway, the city wants to know what you think about its new bicycle plan. And uh, the plan is going to develop new identities and environments. They've got all these different, um, what, people who are on board who are looking at this and, you know, trying to improve things. The city's department, this is from today's trip, the city's Department of Mobility, which I did not know they had, the Department of Mobility and Infrastructure has released, released a draft bike network map and looking for comments. Thank you. On your left here, on your left. Looking for comments from residents, an interactive online map used to collect comments on specific routes and locations. Two public meetings were held this month. A final is set for this evening. Oh, in 50 minutes, 6 o'clock tonight at East Liberty Presbyterian Church, which is right where the gigantic bike lane goes right by. So you want to chime in on the uh, bike paths and the bike lanes, uh, you can go to the pittsburghpa.gov forward slash... A portal and find out more about the bike lanes. It takes a month. It takes a month to fix a road in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And we shut down the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> and then they want to add more. 
bike lanes. They do, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, with all the potholes and all that. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Look, you know the how about the the bike pass? Have you been on the bike pass? You know the one no. that goes down to DC. Excellent, fabulous, highly recommended. You take your family out there and cruise on down. Boy, it's really nice. It's really, really, really nice. Where was I? Oh, I was on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so pretentious. Where was I? Oh, I was on the beach. That <laughs> sounds. Anyway, I was on the. Last week, I was on the beach and I rode a bike for the first time ever. I mean, I've been biking forever. I rode a bike on the beach. Man, is that fun? Uh, it's everything I wanted and more. On your left, please. Passing. Because you always got to say that. You want to make sure you don't run anybody over. But I was surprised that I saw people on the beach and they were wearing, wearing bicycle helmets. Really? Which, you know, I'm, again. You didn't wear one? No. You're anti-bicycle helmet? No, I'm not anti-bicycle helmet. However, that is not my historical you know, lineage. Growing up as a kid in the 60s, oh, you're hardcore. the last thing we did not... I, wrote, I was a bicycle messenger in Manhattan. You think I had a bicycle helmet? No. You didn't wear one in Manhattan? No. You're hardcore, man. I mean, that's how it was. Now, And look, I'm, again, I'm not anti-bike helmet because they do save people's noggins. And yeah, people yeah. do get hurt. So yeah, I'm not saying that. I remember one time we were out with my kids. And again, I'm a bad father here. I was with my kids and they were little, maybe like, you know, six and eight years old. And I was riding a bike with them. Dad out with his two sons. <clears throat> now, at that particular time, I was not wearing a helmet, which I do often wear a helmet. I was wearing a helmet. I was not wearing a helmet. My two sons were. So there I was. Bad example. <laughs> we were driving down the street in, in our neighborhood. A woman pulled her car over and said, excuse me, please, please stop. And so I was like, oh, no, here we go. And <laughs> and she walked over to my kids and she was like, boys, you are very good. You are very good. I'm so happy that you're wearing your helmets. Here, here's a sticker for you to put on your helmet. And then she turned to me and she said, you're a poor example. You're a poor father. Why would you even go out and teach your children that it's okay not to wear a helmet? Did you get a sticker? I did not get a sticker. <laughs> I did not, and I was shamed publicly in front of my son. That's classic. That's the world we live in. That's classic. Anyway, <clears throat> okay, we'll take a break, come back. Uh, we're going to talk from Focus on the Family. Glenn, uh, Glenn Stanton is going to join us. This is something that's um, all over, you know, 21st century America, something called gender theory. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with gender theory? We'll talk about that next. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sans bicycle helmet for today only. And get on the happy bike lane of your choice. On your left, please. Coming through. Be back in a minute. One hundred one point five WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. What do you need to live through tough times? I want us to learn something about God's timeless truth for these tough times in which we live. Because these are perilous times. And yet we have God's Word to see us through. Hear Adrian Rogers teach timeless truths for tough times this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered. 
giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. More Americans have access to health care, yet are paying more than ever in out-of-pocket and prescription costs. Take control of your health at the 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, Friday, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. A presentation of the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, the fair is free and open to the public. From 2 to 7, browse local vendors, hear insights from leading experts, and get your flu shot. Provided by St. Barnabas Health, the 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. In my uh, daily reading, and uh, in yours as well, I bet, I, you've come across this idea of... Um, of uh, gender theory and it's all over the place it's not just you know in the big cities it's all over america i was looking at uh, something uh, just the other day and this is from iowa city iowa uh, the headline reads high school homecoming goes gender neutral and, and it tells a story about no kings or queens at west high school's homecoming celebration last weekend as students at iowa city school decided this year to do away with the gender specific titles uh, and then uh, just uh, last week, the governor of uh, the state of New York has ordered that on people's driver's license, you can now be, be chosen uh, as your sex, male, female, or other, which uh, apparently a handful of other states have also decided this is you know the, the right and proper thing to do. So what exactly is gender theory? 
Glenn Stanton is with us. Glenn is the director of Global Family Formation Studies at Focus on the Family, the author of many books, including The Ring Makes All the Difference in Loving My LGBT Neighbor, Being Friends in Grace and Truth. And he wrote a piece called Four Reasons Gender Theory is Ridiculous. And Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, John. How are you doing? I can't complain. I'm pretty good as well. So, Glenn, as okay. you wrote this piece, and I'm looking at looking at it online, you know, apparently there's been uh, reactions to your piece as well. One which says um, the headline: "A conservative writer attacked gender theory. He only exposed his ignorance." <laughs> so there you go. Um, so you know, for people who are uninitiated or just don't know what gender theory is, can you sort of paint that picture? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, increasingly, it's been it's it's being taught on you know nearly every campus in the world, and unfortunately, in many ways, many Christian campuses. But basically, what it does is it tries to tilt our understanding of male and female on its head. It's this idea of you know uh, all kinds of of sexual relationships are just as good as one another, and that there's not just male and female, but there are lots of different genders, and you know transgender people are are natural and normal, and and you know we need to embrace all these things, and in fact we're quite backwards if we don't embrace them. Right, and, and that really truly is a narrative, right? And, and and you know even my son, my son attends a college where you know he is involved in gender studies. This is a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very, very much a thing. And it's I mean, I wanted to write on it because it is I mean, you know, we think of the religion departments at our campuses being anti-science. These they're not. I mean, the the gender studies and and the women's studies, it's, you know, very much the the same things. They are absolutely anti-science and contrary to science. It's not just, you know, contrary to what God says, but it's contrary to reality. And so that's what I talked about in the article, was giving illustrations of just how wacky it is. Yeah, okay, so this is great, because you tell the story about you attending this lecture where a professor stands up and and then quickly sort of indicts himself in the ridiculousness of this whole whole idea of gender identity. Yeah, this is a conference that I went up to in Denver a, a few years ago, and I go to these things because I just want to observe. Yeah. And the sponsoring professor, he stands up and he says, "I'm I'm Professor Franklin, and you can't know whether I'm a male or female unless you really get to know me and understand my story." And everybody in the audience just kind of shook their head, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely." And then he went into his talk where he was talking about sexism in advertising. And it was really a great talk. But he's saying, you know, see this woman here and how she's being treated by the men in this picture. And see the men, they're seen as sexual consumers. And, you know, on and on and on he went to about 10 ads. And so at the end of it, I listened to his introduction, and then I listened to his talk, and I raised my hand, and I said, now, you said we can't know what you are by just looking at you, but your whole talk was predicated on the assumption that you knew who the women were and who the men were. (laughs) And when I asked that question, he looked like, oh, my goodness, I've never thought about that. And, you know, I mean, that's the kind of silliness you see here, and nobody in the room raised that question because – 
they have sort of gotten away from just plain old reality into this make-believe world that, no, there's not just male and female. There's any kind of gender that we want to make up. Wow. So, so the guy standing there saying, you wouldn't know what sex I was unless you got to know me deeper, as that, that means anything at all. I mean, clearly you can see a man's a man, a woman's a woman. However, there are now these tiny little thin shades of gray that we're supposed to dissect. <laughs> Well, and John, when he asked that question, I wanted to just raise my hand and go, you know what, could I just take a guess? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. But it's it's that silliness. And, you know, in this article, I, I bring up a number of examples of just the wackiness. Like, you know, there's an example of, well, you know, they'll say, well, there's more than two genders. There's not just male and female. That's a binary idea. And binary is bad. There's a rainbow of different genders. And there are shirts online that you can buy them, T-shirts. And they say, you know, there are more than two genders. But when you go to purchase them, you give your size. And then they give you two genders to choose from, male or female. <laughs> right. So you're <laughs> supposed to. So it just follows right crazy in. Crazy stuff. Yeah, you can't you can't make this stuff up, um, and you just see it time and time again. Now, now your critic, uh, I, I talked about early on. Uh, she talks about your you know your examples here, and she says that you know well of course it has to be male or female because those are recognized body types, and so how else would you buy a T-shirt? So I mean, it doesn't make any sense anyway. Well, exactly. I mean, and that's where they get in trouble. Is okay. If, if, if any of the other 60 or 20 genders are just normal and regular, well, everybody would be selling those kinds of shirts. Yeah. But, you know, what she's recognizing without even really admitting it is, oh, yeah, there really is only male and female. Um, there are just, you know, different, different kinds of genders as if sex and gender are different things. And that's another thing that they say is, you know, sex is what's between your legs. Gender is what's between your ears, how you understand yourself. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, Ed, because today in uh, today's New York Times, there's a headline that reads, Beyond the Narrow Expectations of Gender. And it starts off with this question, what are you? And the woman answers as a, quote, butch light lesbian. I get this question a lot, reading to the straight world as not quite man, but not definitely woman enough. And then she goes on and she says this. Um, uh, each portrait, and then so the Times goes through all these different people. You know, they look at different women and men, although they don't call them women and men. Each portrait yeah. in this article has a personal reflection about identity, Proof that non-binary is about more than external markers. It is about internal feelings. These first-person accounts in this article exist beyond the frame with and against the portraits they illuminate and complicate. So huh. how are you to make sense of all that? I mean, it's so – it's such a, uh, what, kaleidoscope or a wheel of tiny little infractions of – who I think I am and how I present myself to the world and you as the outside observer must recognize me so so I can feel positioned and secure in my place in society. I mean, how is there – I mean, clearly, it's a big world and there's room for everybody here and we are all God's creation. And so if you want to identify as that – then you go ahead and do that. But right. we now, as citizens, are required to make room for that. And and laws and specific 
licenses or whatever, male, female, other, we must all bend and acknowledge that as well. And in many ways, genuflect to this new reality. Oh, that's exactly. I mean, genuflect. And I mean, it's not even that. It's it's bow down onto the ground, prostrate. And, and you know, they, you can't say anything about it. Like, you know what? Like you said, knock yourself out. Be whatever you want to be. But you know what? I'm not going to play along. Um, this kind of live and let live. No, it is. You have to see the world as I see it. And you you brought up the great, great point in that New York Times piece. Every one of those portraits, and I haven't seen any of them, but what I guarantee you'll see is some variation on male or female. Right. You know, like, okay, this is a woman, and she looks a little bit more butch. Okay, well, you know what? That doesn't blow my mind. It doesn't blow your mind no. or any minds of any of it's. It's a woman who looks a little bit more masculine. That's not a new kind of gender. I mean, it's the same difference between... Like, you know, you think way, way back when on Gilligan's Island, uh, Ginger and Marianne. <laughs> Those are two different ways of being a woman. Well, this butch woman, that's a different way of being a woman. Right. You know, no, she's not bending the genders. They're just some variation on just male or female. And that's another thing I see in the article is never have you seen anybody out in society when you're out walking along who is not one variation of male or female like okay i have no idea what that gender is here's the point if these things are natural we would have long had names for all these different genders but the fact that we have to be told about them today you know is the evidence itself that they're not natural and that's what our kids are learning in gender theory classes and it is all made up i mean i like to joke that Parents should file a class action suit against the universities for miseducation in these in these kinds of courses because they're ridiculous. But Glenn, you know, j- just by the fact that we're having this conversation right now, then you and I are in the dustbin of history. We are hate-filled bigots. We are out of the mainstream, essentially. And I, and I believe, you know, 20 years from now, of course, we'll be the antiques, or even less than 20 years. We are way, way outside of the social norms of this country. Well, and that's it. I mean, we're we're the flat earthers, you know, the the people who are unenlightened. But I tell you what, I don't think this is going to last very long because essentially we did this in the 60s and 70s where we said, well, let's, you know, let's not raise children in gender specific ways. Let's let's buy them, you know, non-sexed toys or let's get our little boys a kitchen set and our little girls, you know, cowboy outfits and um, you know, they won't grow up in these stereotypes. Well, you know what they did? The little boys took the kitchen set broom and they used it for a sword or a gun. And the little girls, you know, took their little horses, their little cowboy horses, and they put them to bed for their naps. You know, and these parents were just amazed at like, oh, wow, I didn't teach my child this. And wow, maybe this is natural. And so these these crazy ideas cannot sustain themselves in the day in and day out of human life because they're contrary, um, not only contrary, they're absolutely opposed 
to what reality is, that humanity does exist in male and female. I hope that's true. We were in the airport on Saturday in Atlanta, and it's interesting, you know, it, it is Atlanta, and of course it's the, it's the south, but as we're yeah. walking down the corridor to our gate, there are the restrooms, and the signs, you know, it, there's like an, an image of a man and an image of a woman, and then behind it, they're backlit with the man, it's a blue light, with the woman, it's a pink light. My wife was like, oh my goodness gracious, how dare they do that? And, you know, <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I bet your wife felt a sense of violence against her. You know, I mean, that's well, the funny thing is, is I actually study those kinds of things and I'll take pictures. And one picture I took was at a university up in Denver and it was a, a multi-gender bathroom. It was marked that way. Well, guess what? It was a single little bathroom like you'd see in a hospital. You go in, you close the door, you and you use the toilet, and only one person can go in there. You know what it was? Mm. It was a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and the way it works is if the, if the door's locked and there's somebody in there, you wait your turn. You know, and for it to be multi-gender is just so stupid and silly because, like, no, it's a bathroom. Just put the symbol of a toilet on there. Everything else will work itself out. I'm into that. But I, I think probably the big fear is, you know, and, and the whole debate over LGBTQ uh, and, and gay marriage and all that, it's not so much, um, well, you know, biblically, if, you know, uh, man and women, uh, we've had this conversation a million times. Look, I mean, gay marriage is a thing and it, and it is legislated and it is secure and all that. But what I really disagree with in this conversation as well is the the deep, hard social activism of the moment that if you do disagree, then there's something inherently morally wrong with you and you yourself should be banished from the conversation. Yes, yes. And that is so important. And it's so important for your listeners to be able to challenge others that say, you will play along with this. And if you don't, then, you know, then then we're going to ruin your life. Ask them, say, is there any room for me to disagree with homosexuality or transgenderism and not be a bigot? Because what you're doing is you're laying out to them, basically, you either agree with me or we're going to slime you as a bigot. And when you put it in those terms, is there any possibility of me disagreeing with you and not being a bigot? Um, can you explain to me what that would look like? It really takes them kind of by surprise to say, no, we really are requiring that you believe exactly like I do. There's no other issue out there in society where we do that. In order for you to be a decent person, you must completely agree with me and what I believe. I mean, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's the opposite of democracy. That is spot on, Glenn. Glenn Stanton with us. He's written an article, Four Reasons Gender Theory is Ridiculous. Hey, Glenn, before you leave us, talk to us about uh, global family formation studies and focus on the family. And people want to move forward and learn more. What can they do? Yeah, real easy. I mean, what what we do here is, is in in my department, I'm studying the family as an institution, why it matters, um, why its strength and health is beneficial for everybody in society, and why we all suffer when it declines. And you can find a lot of our research just at focusonthefamily.org. Or you can go and just Google focus and findings and um, just those two words, and our research website will come up, and you can see all kinds of information Outstanding. There. Well, Glenn, thanks an awful lot. I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, really, God blessings to you and your work, because it's really vital, it's important that the conversation continues. 
Oh, likewise. Thanks so much for having us. My pleasure. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. The day after Thanksgiving feeds your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. The leaves are falling. While shopping for a new rake, you check your ADT security camera from your phone and see some kids with toilet paper and eggs approaching your property. Then you see what they see. Your ADT sign and outdoor camera and scurry away. Scarecrow Service, brought to you by ADT. Designing and installing a smart home just for you, backed by best-in-class 24-7 protection. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, real protection. License information available at ADT.com. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Partly cloudy and chilly tonight, going down to a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a chilly wind, high 52. Partly cloudy, brisk and cold tomorrow night with some areas of frost, likely low 33. Thursday, some frost possible early. Otherwise, we'll be staying chilly despite seeing plenty of sunshine, high 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. You may have heard the uh, the ads here on Word FM over the last uh, week or so about an event called Amen to Action. 
And uh, it's coming up again. This is with the, uh, the second Amen to Action. Last year was the uh, inaugural event, the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, I, I went and I was so greatly encouraged and lifted up by the more than 3,000 people who were at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. I loved it. I mean, Tony Turner, who is a good friend of ours here at, at the station and is a worship leader, just uh, she she ran essentially all the worship and sang so beautifully, so powerfully. More than 3,000 people were just singing along with Tony. We worshiped God. We worshiped Jesus. We just loved it. And after we worshiped and prayed and one speaker after another, one pastor after another, I mean, then we all went to work and more than a, a million meals, a million meals were packed. One million fourteen thousand three hundred and sixty six was the goal, which was fourteen thousand three hundred and sixty six over the goal meals for the homeless. And they set a, a record packing uh, record, a meal packing record for the most meals in one location. And it, it really it was. It was a great family affair. So I would encourage you, as you heard the ads here on the station over the past week or so, to bring your family, to come down after the, the day after Thanksgiving and be part of this, downtown Pittsburgh, the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Here to talk to us about the second annual Amen to Action is Reed Carpenter. Reed, my friend, how are you, sir? Hey, John, how are you? I'm real good. I'm so happy that you're with us, Reed, because last year we talked about this. You drove this last year. You had to be thrilled by what happened at the convention center the day after Thanksgiving, yeah? Well, it far exceeded our expectation, and it was just a sign that the Holy Spirit had uh, preceded us and was there invading the space where this event took place, and we're expecting the same thing to happen the day after Thanksgiving of 2018. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. I mean, I didn't know what to expect, you know. And like last year, it was the first one. You walk into a, a new space and you think, okay, people are going to gather here. What exactly is going to take place? What really took me by surprise, and in retrospect, I guess I should not have been surprised, was the overwhelming presence of the Spirit and the most incredible worship. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in that many, uh, that big of a space with all those thousands of people all praising the Lord Jesus. Well, it was our goal for sure to have the amen part of amen to action <laughs> be something that was resilient and honoring to the Lord and honoring to the overwhelming presence of His body gathered in one place in one time to do good yeah okay so then after praise was over which praise went on for a long time i bet it was an hour and a half or at least of praise and worship which is fabulous but then once praise was over people were directed to another area and essentially these mini kitchens were set up and meals were assembled talk to us about that assembly line about those meals and then eventually where the meals found their way to well we uh have a group from Naples, Florida, Meals of Hope, that do this all over the country. And they came in and organized all of the uh, the protocol for the event in terms of the packing part of it. And they were extremely well organized and well functioning. And guess what? They're coming back again to do it again. Nice. So I, th- I think that we will see even greater support and uh, we still aim for at least a million meals, and uh, we want to do it probably in a shorter period of time than last year. We've got 
kind of off guard with the with the escalators and the path to the packing room that set us back uh, a, a short time. So we're trying to remedy those problems so that everybody will have an incredible experience together of packing these meals. Fabulous. Well, Reed, what I loved about it was, you know, as you'd come into the convention center, there were a lot of buses, which meant that there were, you know, youth groups and church groups and small groups. There were a ton of families there. So, you know, if your church is so involved and so interested, please join us at Amen to Action, the second annual one. It's the day after Thanksgiving. So, Reed, people are interested. What do they do? What's the first step to sign up for this year? Well, you go online with Amen to Action, and we've got a wonderful website, and the ability for people to sign up right on the website and register. So it's kind of a, uh, in that sense, it's kind of a no-brainer. Anybody that wants to uh, be part of it can register online. Nice. Amentoaction.org is the website. Amentoaction.org. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Show up. Make sure your kids come. Go with your church group, whatever. But be part of this. I'm telling you, I've been there last year, loved the worship, and then loved the action afterwards of making sure all these meals, more than a million meals, were prepared for the homeless people in this area. And Reed Carpenter's driving it all again. Reed, my friend, thanks an awful lot. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing that the city of Pittsburgh would rally around this with Jesus in the middle. And uh, you putting this into action, the amen into action, it's just great for everybody. Well, as long as Jesus is in the middle, we don't have anything to lose and everything to gain. Fabulous. Amen to action. Reed Carpenter, the day after Thanksgiving. Check it out online. Online at amentoaction.org. I'm going to be there. Hope to see you there as well the day after Thanksgiving. WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. The one thing that people cannot successfully attack you about is your life example. Certainly, it has been Paul's defense against his false accusers. And that is why, my beloved friends, in the middle of his most trying days... His power of example kept him strong. Join Dr. Michael Youssef this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home and even your social security check call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify that's 800-500-5588 
We've been very honored to win the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Business Ethics three times, which is great. Energy Swing Windows, Steve Rennekamp. But we were recently recognized with an award that was totally unsolicited. It's called the Best of the Best Award. Uh, This is an award you don't apply for. And the organization that does this selects companies that have great reputations in the marketplace. They look at your online reviews. They look at your website. They look at Better Business Bureau reports. They look at a whole variety of things and they determine if you fit the criteria of being the best of the best. And fortunately, uh, they thought we did. There's a very short video on the front page of our website that talks about this award and the way we do business and why we received it. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors and $1,200 off any basement finishing project. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Say, are you desperate for God? Hi, it's Mike with Bible League International, and we have a shared goal with Word FM to send Bibles to 7,000 Christians in the under-resourced church in other parts of the globe. Malaysia in Asia is the world's most populous Muslim-majority country, and getting a Bible is difficult. Evangelical Christians in a church here desperate for God would unbind two Ebon language Bibles, take pages home, and painstakingly handwrite two copies, one for themselves and one for new families that might attend the church. In a week, they'd shuffle the stack and and write other books of the Bible. After about nine months, they had 40 full Bibles, enough for themselves and for 20 new families who came to their church. Is that desperation for God? $5 will send a Bible, $75 sends 15 every gift matched as part of Till the Whole World Knows Bibles for the Nations. Call toll-free 844-YES-WORD, 844-YES-WORD, or click the Bibles for the Nations banner at wordfm.com today. This is a good time of year as the uh, the Nobel Committee slowly rolls out their awards for the year. You know, Nobel Prize in Physics, Nobel Prize in Literature. Uh, this is, I love, this is so much. Um, a, a Christian gynecologist who has dedicated his career to caring for victims of rape in the Democratic Republic of Congo has been awarded the 2018 Nobel Peace Prize. Dennis McQueasy, Dennis McQueasy, nicknamed Dr. Miracle, for his specialized procedures, was a co-recipient for the annual honor alongside Nadia Murad, an activist who survived rape and kidnapping by ISIS in Iraq. The Nobel Committee said both winners modeled, quote, efforts to end the use of sexual violence as weapons of war. Now, over the past 20 years, Dr. McQueasy has treated tens of thousands of women in a hospital of who've been raped by militants in the midst of the country's conflict, left scarred and stigmatized. His faith, I'm reading from um, the Christianity Today's website, his faith influences his approach to caring for patients holistically, quote, not only to treat women, their body, but also to fight for their own right to bring them to be autonomous and, of course, to support them psychologically. And all of this is a process of healing so women can retain their dignity in the Congo. Mukwizi is the son of a Pentecostal minister and was inspired to pursue medicine after traveling with his father to pray for the sick regularly. Pansy Hospital in the Congo, which he founded in 1999, is managed by the Pentecostal churches in Central Africa. If Christians don't live out the practical implications of their faith among their communities and neighbors, we cannot fulfill the mission entrusted to us 
by Christ, said Dr. McQueasy as a keynote speaker for the Lutheran World Federation last year. How about that? That is fabulous, isn't it? A Christian doctor in the Congo wins the Nobel Peace Prize for his caring of women who have been raped in a brutal war in the Congo. That's just fabulous. Dr. McQueasy challenged fellow Christians to consider, quote, the credibility of the gospel in the 21st century to liberate the grace that we have received by making the church a light that still shines in the world of darkness through our struggles for justice, truth, law, freedom, in short, the dignity of all men and women. That is absolutely fabulous. Congratulations to Dr. McQueasy and uh, his most excellent work. Hey, um, how about this whole kerfuffle with Elizabeth Warren? Let me switch gears here. Uh, with Elizabeth Warren and President Trump, holy smokes. I mean, is that something? I, some of the things that are that are happening today politically, you can't, this is crazy. So um, the short story is that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren has for years been telling people uh, and has been using the fact that she was apparently uh, a distant Native American ancestor. Part of, well, She did not say she was a distant Native. Um, she, she did say that she was part American Indian. And because of that, she was able to uh, be specially sort of considered for positions at Harvard. She uh, has used this in many ways as a platform of a, a minority status. So she went and she had a, a DNA test. And, and with that, um, she um, showed by some – some standard of a DNA test, which apparently themselves are not exactly uh, true science. She has shown that uh, she is somewhere between 164th and 1,024th part Native American. Hey, now, come on. Mike. Now, Now, with that, this DNA test is used to determine tribal citizenship. And, of course, the president chimed in because the president said, you know, apparently he was said earlier, if she's a Native American, then I'm going to give a million dollars. I'll donate a million dollars to charity. So yesterday, Elizabeth Warren said, hey, there it is. There's the DNA. It proves that I am a Native American. And there's this huge backlash about this, as there should be, because it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. If you are so fixated on the fact that you are somewhere between 164th and 1,000th of the 24th Native American, that is really grasping for straws, isn't it? That's a little over – I mean, more than – it's over the top. And to use that to receive some special status, the good news is – that uh, Cherokee nations and other Native American organizations are saying that's a crock, as well they should. I mean, you go back, that's anywhere between six to ten generations back. I'm sorry, but that's, you know, you're really working something here that you have no right to work. None. Calling yourself special status. I just think it's ridiculous. That's just my two cents. Take a break, come back in a few minutes. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. Kathy Less on this Tuesday afternoon as she uh, continues to fight the refrigerator wars in her life.
This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. My, um, my... My wife and I, we play this game where um, when we go out to dinner and the, and, the, and the check comes, I'll say, what's your take? Which means, you know, what do you think we spent on this meal? You know, we sort of do this, you know, under over kind of thing. It's just, you know, fun for us to kind of go, okay, we sort of tally up the bill in our head and then see where we both stand. We kind of, you know, make a little guess on it. Uh, to be honest, there have been too many times where you kind of go, oh, we underestimated that. That's really good. And then there are times you kind of go, holy smokes, what the heck did we fall into? Anyway, I think for a lot of couples, we are pro cheap date. You cheap, we love a cheap date, right? You just want to go out and you don't have to spend a lot of cash. You know, just want to be together and do, and do your thing. You know, just enjoy each other's company. So I, I saw this uh, this piece about you know being the master of cheap dates. Uh, and, and, you know, they're giving some, some tips here, but some are good. You know, these articles, some are good. Some are just, you know, okay. How about this? One of their uh, recommendations is, um, know your state and national parks for a cheap date. Okay. Have you done that? Have you gone to uh, Mike? Let me, let me chime you in on the conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I've taken my wife out to North Park to just hang to out, walk around, wander around, see yeah. the geese, see the geese. We, we ice skated on the frozen pond one time. Did you though? Yeah, in the wintertime. That very was fun. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's a very cheap date, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh no, you're, you're a, a hockey player. Yeah. So yeah. you got some, uh, some, some ice skills. Our first date. Well, uh, I don't know. I guess I'd call it a date. I think our first date was her watching me play hockey. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a date. <laughs> <laughs> to her it was. <laughs> wait, no, wait. You met. How did you meet your wife? Where did you meet your? Wife? Uh, I I inevitably would have met her. I, I got to know her through the church plant that I was playing. Okay. In Pittsburgh. So uh, so what you said? Hey, you know, you're having a conversation at some point, and, and how'd that go? What? Yeah, I was like, hey, hey, uh, um, I got a game next week. You you want to come? Check me out. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh yeah, sure, let's go, let's do. Yeah. Where was the game? Uh, Robert Morris. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, how how'd it go? How'd you do? How'd you were you aware of her presence in the stands? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So were you oh, showing yeah. off? 
Of course, yeah. Oh, and really? I, I scored twice, and then after my second goal, you what? know, I wooed and I went, woo. <laughs> nice. And she was like, "Yeah, this, this guy's awesome." You scored two goals. Yeah. Oh, that that had to be good. That was great. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, that's a very good first date. And then after, okay, so then after the game was over, then what happened? Um, I took her out and got her a happy meal for. Uh, now uh we went to olive garden okay yeah. all right oh well, that's not necessarily a cheap date no right? well not well i had a gift card so it kind of was <laughs> oh that's an excellent <laughs> cheap. you're the man yeah, mike yeah. you scored two goals around. in a hockey game and you pull out the gift card to this day every time we oh. go out on a date we we try to use a gift card or a coupon that is fabulous excellent yeah, yeah. I'm pro gift card. Heck Don't you yeah. like when you get a gift card? I love it. Yeah, I get uh, you know in my uh, my computer bag. I've got several gift cards, and I'm like, you know, you pull out once in a while. Oh, oh that's yeah. nice. I love it. All right, well, you know, I don't need to say anything more. That was the ultimate cheap date for you, man. <laughs> Good for you. I got nothing to top that. I, I never scored two. I never scored a goal. Matter of fact, I never played hockey. So I'm talking to a guy who scored two goals in a hockey game, pours out a gift card, then marries the woman. Heck yeah! Excellent. That's how you do it. All right. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, Listen, the podcast is up about an hour or so, or until Mike gets his act together and posts the show online. <laughs> That's about it. And uh, God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. Have yourself a great night. Uh, look for us online, johnandkathyshow.com. Love you, Pittsburgh. Love you. Not you, Mike. Why? Well, I love you. <laughs> okay, love you all. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.